This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon. How are you doing, Ed? I'm well. It's been another very long week of trading on Wall Street and uh, now glad to be here. On Wall Street and across the world. And it's been an absolutely crazy week. So much going on. Let's start with the Fed, which, of course, raised rates for the first time since 2018 in what officials signaled would be the start of a series of increases. And we've had some comments today from Mr. Bullard, James Bullard, who is a voting member of the FOMC, who said a half point rate rise would have been a bit more appropriate. And it looks like this is the start of a number of increases, six meetings remaining this year. And the chances are we'll have a rate increase at each of them. Very much so. And I feel like uh, everyone is now rushing to get their their, their comments out. Uh, even uh, uh, Fed Governor Waller uh, said that the the Fed should consider raising rates by a half percentage point at the upcoming meeting. So you're you're seeing uh, there is a, a broad consensus that uh, there you know there is optimism that the economy is still well positioned to handle this this tighter monetary policy path that is is going to see rate hikes most likely at every meeting. And uh, some of these rate hikes could be supersized. So uh, not just a 25 basis point increase, there could be a half point here or there uh, because there, there is, uh, no one is doubting that inflation is uh, going to get much worse. And uh, I, I think that now you, you have a Fed that is finally signaling that they are going to tackle inflation and uh, they're, they're committed to doing that. So, so uh, you're, you're, you're also, um, in addition to seeing the focus on rates, uh, the Fed also uh, said that they're very close to agreeing on how they're going to go about sh- shrinking that $9 trillion balance sheet. So I think there was a lot that surprised markets uh, in the uh, FOMC decision. Um, you know, obviously, you mentioned Fed's Bullard. Um, he was w- the one dissenter. He wanted a, a bigger move in March. And also, you did see that. Um, um, Fed Chair Powell, you know, opened the door that we could have a uh, a balance sheet reduction announcement uh, at the next meeting, um, which which I think kind of uh, you know rocked markets because there was this belief that uh, you were going to probably see something happen um, closer to the June July time period. So it looks like May is when we'll get that potential announcement. And um, for for uh, traders. Uh, the, the reaction was pretty fascinating because, you know, typically you, it was a hawkish statement and, you know, Fed Chair Powell defended his stance on, you know, how well positioned the economy is to, to, to withstand this uh, steady stream of rate hikes. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we did not see risk aversion uh, take over. Uh, in fact, it, it looked like the markets, um, Rejoice! They uh, said, "Well, the Fed is trying to do what they were supposed to do many months ago in tackling inflation, and uh, you're you're also seeing uh, that a lot of that was priced in. Um, and, and when we take a look at you know where we are um, as far as where global central bank rates are, you know at the end of the week you have uh, the UK with their 
rate at uh, 75 basis points. The U.S. is at, you know, 50. Japan, negative 10. Eurozone at negative 50. So I think there's there's a, a, a strong, um, I think, a shift now that we're, a lot of people are becoming dollar bulls again. Um, and, and I think there's this belief that now you're going to have the dollar remain a, a, a top safe haven trade. Um, and, and one of the main reasons is that if on if you see some break, uh, some disappointment with uh, the Russian-Ukraine uh, talks, uh, you're, you're going to probably see safe haven flows benefit the dollar. Um, the growth outlook short term is looking a lot better for the U.S. than it is for uh, anyone in Europe. So I think that interest rate differential will probably look more appealing because you'll get more hiking by the Fed than than uh, you could potentially from the ECB and the BOE, even though the BOE's got a, you know, they got a head start. Um, so, so there's a there's a lot of uh, you know, big, you know, I think moves that we're seeing happen. And 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 what's been really interesting is you know the the, the Treasury curve has flattened so much, you know the the sevens and tens uh, inverted. The twos and tens are about 30 basis points away, and you know that they could you know potentially invert in three to four months let's say and you know then you know that that kicks off the the recession uh you know countdown so uh there there's a um a lot of uh market positioning and i think in the end everyone is expecting weaker growth and you know obviously the fed's projections (laughs) um showed that too but uh no it was quite the right decision and i think you're going to see um uh everyone is uh going to kind of go back to focusing um, with the situation with the, the war in Ukraine. But there was some contrast, wasn't there, with what we had over here in the UK from the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee, that even though raised rates by the same amount, 25 basis points, it wasn't a unanimous decision. One member of the MPC actually said, well, we shouldn't have a rate rise. And many commentators suggest that on this side of the Atlantic, the Bank of England won't raise rates quite as often as on your side of the Atlantic. So it's interesting how the two didn't exactly mirror each other this week. And I think that's kind of the expectation going into these meetings. Um, the um, the impact of the war in Ukraine is going to be much greater for the uh, the UK economy than it is for the US. And 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 you're you're going to see that because the the BOE was able to uh, you know kick off their rate hiking cycle earlier uh, I, I think that they're 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 in a position where they you know they can um, they, they don't have to be as aggressive as the Fed the Fed is you know way behind the ball <laughs> so uh, the Fed is uh, uh, scrambling I, I think I think that the, the meeting was viewed as hawkish but uh, you know when you when you consider you know, what inflation is doing, how greatly they upgraded their inflation forecasts, it, it, it really, you know, it should, should not surprise anyone. And I, I think that, um, you know, the Bullard argument of the 50 basis point increase uh, probably is, is, is going to be, you know, when we're talking, you know, five, six months down the road is probably going to be like, wow, they should have just done that. Um, but, but, but for, for, for right now, um, you're, you're going to see that the, uh, the market is clearly anticipating that 
you know, the Fed will be much more aggressive than the BOE, than the ECB, than the BOJ. And, and um, I think what was also, um, you know, important to point out is, you know, you, you also have other central banks where, you know, Russia, they kept their rates on hold. I mean, obviously they doubled them at their emergency meeting um, uh, just the other week, but um, you had Turkey keep their, their rates on hold. Um, you, you, you've had a lot of central banks that have been proactive, that have delivered you know, significant um, moves to monetary policy, and and uh, th- this is the time where you're you're going to see dollar dominance probably because um, the 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 markets are going to be extremely jittery, and and you're you're going to have expectations that um, you know until we see a major de-escalation, and uh, you know no no one has a time frame on that, so um, I think that. Uh, the flow into safe havens is is going to be um, probably something that will keep this market, this equity market, choppy. Um, but but I think I think one thing that uh, I will like to point out is a lot of people were pointing out the strength that we've seen with the. Uh, uh, technology stocks, um, you know, after falling into bear market territory, there was a, you, you know, obviously um, you. You've seen, you know, Apple, Google, you know, come down over 10 percent, and uh, uh, they, they were some some of these stocks were the most oversold in five years. So I mean, a lot of these stalwarts, you, you know, Wall Street knows that um, once this, once you know, there's a handful of geopolitical risks right now out there. Once they subside, um, once um, we we have supply chains, you know, kind of return back to normal and some of that is you know for apple is when uh, shenzhen shut down um you know a lot of their parts were <laughs> going to be delayed um you saw that really hit the stock so i think there's a there's a lot of quality in, in tech and uh, with some of these cloud and security companies so i think you're going to see that uh you know eventually big tech is is going to going to probably become a safe haven trade again so you know it's interesting P- traders are always looking for opportunities and because the nasdaq is so heavily discounted you'll probably see that um i think some of those uh fang stocks uh not the the metas or <laughs> or netflix but um um more the the you know the the cloud and security ones uh th- those might um become more appealing for some investors and as you say there are so many factors at work here ed it's difficult to know where to look half the time because on the one hand all eyes particularly here in Europe have been on the war in the Ukraine and then suddenly you get a China lockdown and that really hit the markets they did recover a bit later on the week after some comments from one of the vice premiers in uh, China but uh, nonetheless it's quite compelling what is happening in China when you consider in many parts of the world particularly in the UK things seem relatively back to normal but in China lockdown has started all over again and that really did hit the markets big time very much so and and the impact across several asset classes was was significant um i think the shenzhen lockdown it really uh caught my attention i, I think that uh you know obviously with the zero covid policy uh you know <laughs> you see cases rising then um all of a sudden you're you're um you're 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 going to cripple economic activity <laughs> uh, with that type of policy and uh I, I think Be- Beijing realized that um, their economy is vulnerable right now, and and uh, that's why I think you're seeing a push to allow factories and public transport in several parts of the the city to to kind of go back to normal. And 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 uh, the easing of these you know strict lockdown restrictions uh, uh, is a uh, is a uh, something that has 
you know, alleviated some of that concern that you, you know, you, you're, you're going to see, you know, the second largest economy uh, um, really uh, deliver a big hit to, to global growth. And, and I think that you're, the, the the market was extremely concerned that uh, if we if we saw an extended lockdown from China, that would just um, further complicate the inflation you know story that you know we've 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 been covering for the past uh, few months. And and I think that um, now there's a you know this uh, you know you know belief that you're you're you, you know, the, the, world, the world is trying to learn to live with COVID. And it's it's fascinating because right now in the U.S., we're we're dealing with the current, uh, you know, you know, for, for much of the country, everything is back to normal. Um, and uh, now we're in the beginning where we could start to see uh, another rise in cases. But, you know, there's no expectation that we're going to go back to, um, you know, hospital capacity concerns or or. Um, um, you know, a lockdowns or a return to uh, extreme um, um, restrictive uh, guidelines. But um, I, I, th- I think that you're, you know, you, you, you still, uh, you know, have this fear that, you know, as long as this virus is out there, uh, it continues to mutate. And, uh, you know, there's, it, you know, the, the whole COVID story is, uh, you know, we all want to be behind it. But, um, you know, as, as, it is um, interesting to see exactly how you know you're, you're you're continuing to see though you know some parts of the, the world are are continuing to struggle it but um, I think overall there's there's still you know optimism that um, you're, you're you're seeing um, the the trend as far as the return to normal improve um, lots of countries are um, heading in the right direction as far as easing those those lockdowns and uh, I, I think that there's there's um, I think, um, you know, optimism that because, you know, she signaled a, a strategy tweak um, because, you know, th- there's so much focus on the, the economy, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to see that, you know, China is going to probably become more focused on, on learning to live with this and uh, maybe tweak their zero COVID policy. Okay, let's focus on oil now. And we saw earlier in the week quite a bit of a dip. Um, some might call it a correction, but that seems to be over now. Uh, last time I looked, Brent crude was around about $106 a barrel. Where do you think prices are heading now? Extremely volatile. I am probably, the uh, as far as the uh, the team of Oh, and uh, analysts, uh, the most bullish <laughs> oil one out there. Um, being born in Texas, it's probably my rite of passage. Uh, the oil market has gone through this uh, fixation over Russian energy supplies. And, um, you know, a lot of this has been priced in. And and what you're seeing is there's, there's a probably... Um, you know, still uh, a tremendous amount of sensitivity, which could swing oil prices ten dollars in either direction, um, on whether or not um, you you see, uh, you know, the path of this war. You know, there 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 could be something that's done where Russia decides to hold off their exports. There could be something done where um, there there's uh, there, there's just too many um, you know what if scenarios where. Uh, you could still see an extreme shortfall in in crude supplies, and inventories continue to go lower. Um, so, so I think you know, as far as directional uh, bias, um, you know, I I anticipate that a hundred dollars should hold for the 
foreseeable future. I think that there is probably, I think, an expectation that you're not going to see a quick fix as far as filling that Russian void of, of crude supplies. And um, as, as much as we want to see a, a ceasefire and some major de-escalation with uh, um, Russia and Ukraine, um, it, it, it seems that um, we're, we're, it's probably still um, far apart from seeing that type of outcome. So, so I think you're, you're, you're probably going to have to, to, to deal with a, a market that is, is, is still vulnerable to disruptions in, 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 in crude supplies. Now, Russia is still selling their supplies. Like India bought it at a huge discount, and that's why we saw crude initially tank uh, at the beginning of the week. And 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 uh, there's there's uh, expectations that um, you know you you, you know the I, th- I think that there's a lot of countries that uh, are are starting to show some weakness with economic activity and so if, if we if we continue to see crude demand destruction you know that should temper any rally so you know you'll probably have crude really uh, uh trade between the you know 100 and possibly 120 dollar level i think over the the next um next couple weeks but um you know the the, the risks uh of you know uh, of volatility in either direction are, are still elevated, and and and, and I, I think that you're 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 probably going to see a lot of investors though they're 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 also eyeing so many other commodity trades right now. So I think there's a messy aftermath of of what's happened with the nickel markets. Um, you saw the gold trade blow up, um, and and uh, I think that uh, you're 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 probably in a in a very um, difficult market for your swing or long-term investor so so i think that uh you know as far as a day trader goes this is uh you know this is this is uh you know providing you with you know potential opportunities but uh you know i, I think the the volatility is probably too great for most <laughs> um and uh no i i think for for oil though uh long term you know there's still been a a huge lack of investment in these wells so you're 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 not going to see the supply situation rectified anytime soon so i think uh the risks are still for 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 higher crude from from these current levels okay it's been a crazy week and uh well question is what lies ahead over the next seven days or so is it going to get a bit quieter what should we particularly look out for well next week is the huge week for rate decisions <laughs> not not boe or fed but um, you have mexico norway south africa they're all expected to raise rates um and and uh, uh the swiss national bank they're the one that that will keep policy steady um and and uh, I, I think it'll it'll uh be interesting to see, you know, after the Fed, um, you know, you, you typically see a, a lot of these uh, emerging market uh, countries and their central banks, they, they'll, they'll follow suit. Um, but, but you know, two months, two meetings, three meetings down the road, you know, are they going to be able to keep, keep up that pace with the Fed? That will be the story. And uh, I think a lot of people will pay close attention to those um, um, press conferences to see, you know, how much how many more rate hikes 
are going to be telegraphed by those uh, respective central banks. So uh, a, a busy week, and that's um, all on Thursday. So it's a super super Thursday for um, a lot of FX traders. So um, you'll 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 see those uh, big four rate decisions for Mexico, Norway, South Africa, and Switzerland. Um, but uh, it is a it's a week that will be filled. You know, the focus will be um, with um, obviously with um, every develop uh, development uh, that we see from um, the the crisis in Ukraine. Um, President Biden will be heading over and uh, attending those uh, emergency NATO meetings. Um, and uh, you'll probably continue to see further pressure um, put against the Russians and uh, their economy. Um, you're, you're, you're also going to have more Fed speak, more um, ECB speak as well. Uh, Lagarde will speak on Tuesday. Um, Panetta also. Um, what what will be uh, you know a big you know highlight on my calendar is we get to hear twice from Fed Chair Powell. Uh, you know, obviously he said a lot, um, but you know, given the uh, the fluid developments with um, what's happening with uh, all the geopolitical uh, situations out there, I, I think what will be interesting for Powell is you're you're going to see. He'll be able to assess, you know, how uh, the markets reacted to his um, monetary policy decision and press conference, and and more importantly, um, you're you're, you're going to be able to see um, um, does he start to take back a little bit of that hawkishness because there there could be an argument that maybe he was a little bit too aggressive on that balance sheet discussion um maybe um he might be opening the door even further for that half point rate increase for the next meeting so i think a lot of investors will, will pay close attention to um uh, fetcher pal's um uh, appearances and uh, on wednesday um one of those appearances uh, is with a uh, boe governor bailey so that's at the bis panel on challenges for uh, central bankers in a digital world so um might not it'll that, that will be interesting but it might not necessarily be the most focused on monetary policy so uh it's a it's a it's a it's a week you know a lot of a lot of economic data we get the uh flash pmi readings uh for the us and uh, eurozone uh those are always uh, um important to to get a sense you get the first look um as far as manufacturing activity um and uh other than that, you know, I think those NATO leader meetings are are, are going to be key. Those are two day some meetings, um, and uh, you know, German EFO business climate. I always always uh, I used to cover that when I <laughs> worked the European trading desk. So um, that was that's always a big one to to, to watch. Um, and then also the final reading for consumer sentiment for the U.S. Um, consumer sentiment is so important because. Uh, uh, if that continues to fall off that cliff and deteriorate even further, um, that will really impact where central banks um, um, are going to uh, um, have their expectations for, you know, you know, the growth, the growth concern for the U.S. is justified and and uh, you'll, you'll see those calls for recession um, really grow. So um, it, it, it's a it's a it's. There's a lot to cover next week, um, but uh, but I think um, I think a lot of it will will be uh, filled uh, towards the latter part of the week with those rate decisions and uh, the, the those NATO lead, NATO leader meetings. Okay, Ed, um, I think you deserve a, a a good lie down after the week we've just had. Enjoy your weekend. 
Oh, thank you. You too. This is the Oanda Podcast.